So I had an epiphany while I was going pee just now. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think that I look like a homeless person that you married? Like if you saw me on the street and you say, that guy's a piece of shit, I'd never. never no, because you don't go out in your PJs. If you went That's out in those, and you, if you went out in those sweatpants or the really long shorts and like your ratty UW hoodie, <laughs> if you, you went say, out in public like that, I'd be like, yeah. that guy needs help. Yeah. Then you'd say that guy is in serious trouble. That guy will be alone forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think I just, that about a lot of people that go out in their PJs. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, lot a of tricky. Them probably are homeless. Yeah. It's a tricky situation. <laughs> But anyway, let's get the show started. Welcome, folks, to Our Kids Asleep. This is episode number five. And we had a promise to fulfill. We wanted to talk about that batshit crazy gentleman of the early 70s and 80s or mm-hmm. mid-70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Theodore Bundy. Theodore Bundy. We finally got through the documentary. I must say, guys, it didn't take very long. We we did it in about two sittings. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. It was just too much to to pass up. I mean, we wanted to be consumed with that show. And it's fascinating that we give that much of a shit about the individual and not the victims. That's the thing that yeah. I, that troubled me about myself is that I want to know the hype behind this piece of shit. Right. Well, it, was, and, it was a lot. And I thought that, that that documentary did a nice job of showing you pictures of every girl. Yeah. Saying every girl's name. And not sweeping that part under the rug because that, you know, and I think like the news is trying to do that now of not like glorifying the the perpetrator and they're trying to focus on the victims. I know that's hard in the news cycle because the point is to catch the bad guy. But um, yeah, I definitely went into the documentary wanting to know like more about him. Right. And, and it, it worked in his favor. Everything that he was doing, it worked in his favor, in particular, his relationship with the media and how surreal it was for everybody who was watching these broadcasts that this was a handsome, handsome white guy mm-hmm. who was very smart, very charming. And he was able to infect people with that, with that charm and get by, yeah. know, by anyone. And spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it and you don't know anything about Ted Bundy, maybe skip ahead a few minutes. But right. he, I think back in that back then, people like him didn't commit crimes like this. At least it wasn't as publicized. It wasn't as right. It wasn't as publicized, and to the to the point where even the people who put him in custody, the sheriffs, <laughs> the, the, particularly those police in, in Colorado. I really don't think they took him. I, was like, I don't think they think they took him seriously at all. I really don't think so. They felt comfortable in his presence yeah, because, because he was just, just a, a normal looking guy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But to the point you, where he got away. Yeah, and, and this <laughs> this might be awful of me, but every time that he did some shit like that, I was like, Do you think if that guy was black or if oh, that yeah. guy was brown that he would be able to get away with totally. that shit? I had that Hell thought. No. I had that thought several they times. They would have put him to sleep like in the beginning. Like if they would have seen him at the beach yeah. when he was asking oh, yeah. for help in the in the car, they'd be like, they Fuck that guy. They would have shot Kill him. him. Yeah, they yeah. would have shot him. Yeah. I've had that thought when the judge I think it was the Florida judge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fir- in the first case that he was tried for, when they'd handed down the sentence, right? And he like had those final. The judge had those like final remarks. He's like, "You're a promising young man. I would have liked to have you work for me, like as a law clerk." I was like, "What the fuck? 
What are you talking about, man? It's such a fucking twisted way to look at it because... He killed a bunch of people. Why are you saying that shit? Yeah, and I also think that has probably a lot to do with the fact that they didn't understand the mental illnesses Mm. behind the situation. Like, maybe he was just doing bad things or he, he just, had a lapse he of, just went down a bad path right right it like, seems what? to be standard standard lingo yeah. in in courtrooms i suppose yeah that was really strange yeah i after that i didn't think that he would say something to that effect no i didn't given either. the nature of what he was there for i mean he did say like you there. know the things you did were horrendous blah 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 but then yeah and then he ended with that and i was like what the hell man yeah that's pretty troubling it was really weird yeah. it's pretty fucked up the, it was a good documentary, though. I thought they did. So, the, the, like, the, the main through line of the documentary, it's called, uh, what is it? It's like the tapes. Yeah, that was sort of the, the method to present the information. Yeah. Because if you are you don't know anything about this documentary, which I would be surprised if you yeah. don't know anything about this show, it, it was the method upon which they they put together the documentary. So, it was the backbone of... How the story was told. This journalist went into Florida State Prison when Ted Bundy was on death row. And he recorded 80 to 100 hours of him, of them talking. That man had balls of steel. Yeah. I kid you. Oh, the journalist? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And he, essentially he wanted to get him, I think initially he wanted to get the true story, like maybe even a confession out of him. But Ted Bundy was such a fucking narcissist that all he did was all he wanted to talk about was himself right and you know how the media you know was painting him in a bad light and blah 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 and all this stuff and the journalist figured out a way to get him to open up if i may interject that might be one of the most fascinating things i've ever seen anyone do yeah and i'm not i'm not really in the realm of knowing too much about psychology or or how to understand the inner workings of of people, you know, when you're in the fine arts, it's more of a loosey goosey sort of interpret this as you will mm-hmm. kind of thing. But to have the sort of understanding that that journalist had to know how to unlock him was so incredible. Yeah, I want that know, it just happened. I want to know that he if just made he like had done that before, or maybe he had just spent so much time with Ted that he figured out I know how to get him to talk. To, to talk, he just needs to talk about himself. As if he's not himself. Right. In sort of a detached way, like a hypothetical way. As if as if he understood, as if the journalist understood that Ted Bundy was ashamed or maybe was too good for the things that he did. And he had to look at it objectively. He had to be removed from that situation to analyze it. Because that way he would present his own intellect. Yeah. You know, like that was the only way for him to speak. Or to, yeah. to talk to people in general is just to to have a platform to emit this this horrible, disgusting ego mm-hmm. that was that was troubling him. Yeah. And it's interesting because when you can hear the change in Ted Bundy's voice when he starts when when the journalist gets him talking in a in an open way about what he did. There's this weird change in his voice where it almost becomes like you're listening to someone who, you know, we were just talking about Homer today <laughs> of the Odyssey of Odyssey fame and how he would, t- he was an orator. 
And that's sort of how I felt about the change in Ted Bundy's voice. Like, it was like, let me weave you a yarn. Yeah, he was was in the middle of this presentational fix. And he would go off on on this grandiose uh, conveying of himself. Yeah, and and talking about himself in the third person and in these hypothetical terms, like, you know, if he, you know... If the perp were to if do this. If the perp were to do this, this, and this. Yeah, this could be the reasoning. And it's just, it was incredible to me that, you know, and it sort of makes sense that exploiting a narcissist's own love of themselves, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, just to get them to tell you what you want them to tell you. And I thought it was, it was so interesting that at the end of it, he, the main Michaud was, I think, I think his last name, the main journalist, mm-hmm. and his um, mentor who helped him with the case. Right. Both of them said, I was so sick of Ted Bundy <laughs> by the time I got, I finished this. I just wanted to get away from him. Yeah. And I just, just, he was so toxic. Just and think just, about the repercussions that it had on them. I can't even and their imagine. their families, yeah. if they were married or, or with somebody I'm at the sure time with terrible. their kids. I can't imagine just dropping that when oh. when I come home through the door. That would be incredibly one of the traumatizing. Guys, one of the guys said he felt physically ill sometimes leaving yeah. the prison. Yeah. Like he became infected by Ted Bundy's just... He, he, he said, it's just all about Ted all the time. Did it stop recording? I think it just fell asleep. It looks like it's still going. Okay. I apologize. That's all on me. <laughs> just experimenting here. And I also apologize if I, if you hear tremendous burping, we're having some of the bubbly right now. Yeah, we're having champagne instead of wine. Right. Brought that to you. That was all we had. Yeah, this is all we had and it was too cold for me to want to go anywhere. This is actually the 2017 sparkling wine from Las Jadas Wines. Courtesy of Eric Wareheim and his uh, cohorts over at uh, that awesome place. Mm-hmm. We got them in November in anticipation of the uh, sweet berry wine that they released to honor the great Dr. Steve Brule. <laughs> I digress. Let's go back um, to Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine going there as, as often as they had to go there and were just trying so hard to get something of substance out of him. And also just having to listen to him talk about the things he did, even if it was like hypothet- a hypothetical voice, quote unquote. Right. But knowing that he's talking about himself. Right. And just hearing him describe these like horrific acts he did. And I just can't imagine what the toll it must have taken on them personally, mentally. Yeah, because he was pretty methodical about it and... and- in the Very beginning. clear in his premeditated explanation or the explanations of the premeditated yeah. steps that had to be taken to make this happen, yeah. which was incredibly fucked up. Mm-hmm. It was too much sometimes. Yeah. But then it, it just escalated. That's the thing about the show, which I think was, was very successful, is that you started with something truly horrific. And even though you were halfway through it, you knew it was going to get worse. Right. I think the documentary did, did a good job of escalating the tension as ted became more frenzied like near the end when he was just particularly in florida i think is sort of when he went off not that he wasn't off the rails before (laughs) but he really 
like threw caution to the wind. And I don't know if this was like his ego and just like arrogance or if his, the entity quote unquote that he talks about in the documentary, which is like this voice that he says he would hear and it would escalate to the point where it was telling, supposedly it was telling him to do terrible things to women. And eventually in order to sate the voice, he would act on those things. Again, this is just him saying this, and I don't know how much I believe of it. To possibly absolve himself? Possibly. Because he understood that there's... there could have been some sort of psychosis going on. Some sort of, you know, whether it's, what do they call it? Disassociative... Disassociative... Identity, identity. disorder, or I don't know. He was later... Um, Oh, and that was a big revelation, too, near the end, where yeah. you said, what the fuck is going on that you guys found this out way later yeah, yeah, yeah. and not in the middle of the... They diagnosed... So, when he was given the death penalty, I don't know if it was some sort of, like, civil rights group that worked with death row inmates um, to possibly stop the possibility of death. Of the death penalty. Um, And a lot of times that would include like a psyche eval to make sure that mental illness was not a factor in their crimes and like them committing those crimes. And they did the psyche eval to Ted Bundy and they were like, he's bipolar. He's manic. And they were, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why was this never brought up before? He's been tried twice and he got the death penalty twice. And this never came up in court, like not even once. Not even the defense was. was it doesn't make any sense. Because they, well, I guess they were saying that he was unfit to do the trial, but they didn't buy it, right? Right. Yeah. So because he said he was fit. Because he said he was because fit. Because he said he was fit. He yeah. was competent enough to stand trial and defend himself, which should have been the first inkling that he was the unfit. Red flag. <laughs> but I think they, they wanted to do him off. That was a reality of it. The judge could have easily said, well, let's get a psychological evaluation. But he didn't want to be the bad guy to say, no, this guy's going to be in jail forever. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? But maybe things were different back then. Maybe they just didn't. When your crimes are so heinous, I think that back then they were sort of like, well, evil exists. And this is the personification of evil. Yeah. Not even taking into account that he was not right in the head. And they found all this other like childhood trauma that no one brought up. Not that that excuses anything he did. He killed almost 40 women. Probably more, but the 40 they knew about. Yeah. And... I just couldn't believe that that was, like, right at the buzzer. They were like, oh, yeah, he's bipolar and suffered all this childhood trauma. And that's probably why he went off the deep end and killed all these. It's just like, what the fuck? And at the end, I was really shocked at... And I am reminded of this because I was reading the Wikipedia on on Ted Bundy is the great revelation near the end. But like, when was it? Days before he was killed. When he confessed. When he confessed about what exactly he did in some occasions. And I was so disturbed. I don't remember being that shaken by by something. Mm -hmm. Whether it was was a a narrative, like like a scary movie or... Or something that I had seen in the news. That was the most horrific thing that I'd ever heard of in my life. And uh, I am talking about his necrophiliac incidences that yeah. he that he confessed I think to. that was I think that was to my understanding that was the only way that he fully I mean I do think there was like molestation and stuff, but he would kill them first. And yeah. then all the sexual stuff happened after they were dead. Yeah. In most I don't know if it was all the cases, but Ah, Jesus. Most of the kids. I know. 
I think, you know, at some point during the documentary, they were saying things and I didn't want to hear them. Uh-huh. So that I think that something just glossed end. over me. Near yeah, because end, it yeah. was too much. Yeah, it, was it was absolutely too much. I had trouble with the the first one for some reason. Because, so the first woman he killed was a woman, she was like young, like young college age girl. Right, 20s. She lived in a house with a bunch of other girls in the University District of Seattle, which... We frequented a lot when we lived there. It was kind of creepy knowing that area and like knowing that that happened there. I never knew that. How did I not know that when we lived there? I think maybe we chose to ignore a lot of the history. We probably (laughs) drove by those houses before. Yeah. It's creepy. But we're not exactly serial killer aficionados. No, that's I mean, we don't go looking for really disturbing, horrible things in wherever we've lived. That first killing, for some reason, really disturbed me because... It was in her bedroom. Yeah. Like, she left for the night and then came... But the timeline's a little... Fun, like, they don't know exactly. What What scared me was that he probably killed her in her bedroom while her roommates were down the hall studying. That's kind of what it seemed like They the timeline they built. Because right. there was, like, blood on her bed, but no sign of her. And I don't know. I don't know if it's because, like, I was in that situation in college <laughs> or, like... Because I've lived with other people, and it's like, how would you not know? How would you not hear that? How how could that have happened feet from yeah. the people that she lived with? And you've always felt that dorms were relatively safe, that yeah. they were a decent place where if something were to happen like or that, even just like there would be campus. enough people. Yeah, if to... you live with four other people. Right. There would be but... no there would be no need to, to yeah. be on high alert all the time. That scared me pretty bad. The other ones were terrible, too, but that first one, I was like... Because when they showed the bed and they showed, like, the blood stain, I was like, what? He killed her in her bedroom? And this is fucked up. I don't know that they went into this in detail, but in the Wikipedia for Ted Bundy, and I'm sorry if I keep reiterating this, it's just so fucked up that I can't... It doesn't leave my mind. And I stayed up thinking about it because it was so horrific that I couldn't go back to sleep right after we finished the documentary. But they quote here... Where it says, he sometimes revisited his secondary crime scenes, grooming and performing sexual acts with the decomposing corpses until putrefaction and destruction by wild animals made further interaction impossible. Mm. He decapitated at least 12 victims and kept some of the severed heads as mementos in his apartment. Mm -hmm. Holy God. What? Yeah, they didn't go into that. Yeah, no, they did not cover it. They just mentioned it. And I think it was very tasteful the way that they did that because it... It shouldn't get any worse. Nobody should have to know the rest of it. Mm. And I'm sorry that I ruined it for everyone. <laughs> and I just went digging further. But mm-hmm. the, I was really shaken mm-hmm. by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So we watched this documentary. And before that, we'd been, we haven't finished it, but we'd been watching Mindhunter. Right. They lift a lot of things from, from this case, I believe. And I don't know the correlation of, whether the FBI started doing this it concurrently. Been, it's kind of seen, it was a similar timeline. The co-ed killer was in the 70s too. Yeah. and Or I'm, no, maybe he was the 60s. The co-ed I killer was in up. the 60s. Yeah. One thing that I really wanted to look at was whether Mindhunter was true or if it was just borrowed from a lot of these interactions. No, Mindhunter's true. It's based on a book that the, that the guy wrote. The, the, the guy oh, played yeah. by Jonathan Groff. Mindhunter is an American crime drama web television series created by Joe Penhall, 
based on the true crime book Mindhunter yeah. inside the FBI's elite serial crime unit written by Johnny Douglas and Mark Olshaker. Yeah, those are the so two. So those are the two guys uh-huh. who who were involved in those interviews. Yeah. I think what was interesting and what the correlations I saw between that show and this documentary or listening to this journalist interview, Ted Bundy was the, the detachment that you hear in both men's voices. You yeah. Know, in particular, I mean, obviously that's an actor in Mindhunter. It's not the real guy who is outstanding. He's by the way, so good. if you guys, if you guys watch that show, that is a, Top-notch performance from somebody that I've never heard of before. He's really I good. hope that he gets a fuck ton of work after that. <laughs> yeah, because seriously. he's he's he really good, pretty legit. Um, but just I mean, and I don't I don't know if their mental if their mental illnesses were similar or you know um, if their situations were similar, but the way they talk about things is very similar, and um, just. The detachment and the matter of factness, yeah, with because, which they they talk about it because just, they are following their steps or what they've yeah. already decided that they were going to do, yeah. And to watch that 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 reenactment, and we heard the story of the mine hunter uh, killer or the co-ed, the co-ed killer, killer in what was the show um, Sword that, and Scale. Sword and Scale. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that when I was working. It's another uh, true. It's another podcast. It's a true crime podcast. It's really good. Yes. But that but I episode, had to stop. Jesus, that episode, stop. yeah. That was another one where I went, what in the fuck is going on? I audibly yeah. gasped yeah. when when I was I was listening to that. Yeah. And <laughs> I, when I worked at the cemetery, oh. I don't know if you, if you remember, I was doing uh, the deeds. I was yeah. backing up the, the deeds and doing that kind of work. And all of a sudden, this shit comes out. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like... Mm-hmm. Like the ghosts of the past just coming over me. And I was like, I can't do this right now. Mm -hmm. I can't listen to this investigative murder porn (laughs) right now. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) but yeah, anyway, so the Ted Bunny documentary, I think another thing I wanted to talk about that was the, the very end when he is, he is executed. Spoiler alert. If you don't know, Ted Bunny was executed. (laughs) It happened like 30 years ago. Come on guys, catch up. The media fervor around his execution was so disgusting to me. It was so bizarre. And and that was one of the things that really stuck with me as well was the fact that you had these frat boys out there celebrating and bringing out their kegs outside of the prison. They were selling you, merchandise. They were selling merch. He became this, this weird icon to hate. I found it pretty disgusting. It was, it was really surreal. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it was just disgusting. It's, it's hard. It was, to, it's hard to, To say that you, it's hard to say that and not sound like you're being sympathetic with Ted Bundy, but I, I genuinely, and I think the thing the cop said, the cop who was involved in the investigation of the, the young, the 12 year old girl he murdered. Oh God. That man was, he, he, in the same breath, he said, this man is the personification of evil and I'm appalled. I am he he wasn't happy with himself that he was happy that they killed him. Oh yeah, like because he felt he, that is the natural response of yeah. a of a human being with with dignity with consideration for for other human beings. Yeah. But when that person who has committed so much evil toward other other people, mm-hmm. do you still treat them with that same humanity? Yeah. Or are they are they 
just bereft of it. He pretty I mean, much he makes me sick, but at the yeah. same time, I think I I feel like the outrage should be more reserved for for the solemn occasion because of the victims. Right. They were celebrating something when it should have been a pretty Yeah, 36 women are dead and you're out there killing the keg when Ted shooting Bundy, fireworks. Yeah, like <laughs> it's so incredibly disrespectful and I just people are animals. It was just like That's watching it was like watching animals. It was like watching an NFL like a, a tailgate. Tra- a tailgate. Yeah, it was like Exactly. That was exactly it. It was a it was like an NFL tailgate yeah. party. Well, it was That's all those frat guys from like whatever Florida universities that are yeah. around there, and it was just like you. It, it might as well have been like a football game. But you touch on something very interesting that we revert to this this primalism, and and that's what makes us feel good. That's why I feel like in a lot of ways we're still we still got a long way to go. Yeah. But I'm glad that that fucker is dead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm glad that that evil has been yeah. moved from the earth. Oh, and you know the fucked up thing that we haven't talked about yet is, and this is something that I still can't believe as well, is why the fuck did that lady keep coming back to build a relationship with him? Oh, God. What in the hell I know. is going on there? Yeah. She was, she had something wrong with her. She I had think to there have. Was, maybe initially she, she was in love with him or madly in love with him, but... How can you rationalize bringing a human being into this world, bringing yeah. a child into the world from that, yeah. from that monster? Well, I think maybe in the beginning, she really believed he was innocent. Yeah. There were plenty of women who, I mean, Charles Manson got married in court. You know, yeah. like he, he got married in prison. <laughs> you know, like there's <laughs> groupies out there who... What I don't know if yeah, I was like, what the fuck are these? They're these like women groupies. Doing? Yeah, they're, they're like, like yeah, the ones when in the they courtroom. Interviewed, yeah, I was God. like, well, we just want to see what's going. They're on. like, we want to <laughs> want to get involved. You have to do like the Tom Segura like dumb girl voice. Like, oh my God, he's so cute. And like when he looks <laughs> like, at me, I get kind of scared, but I like, but, but, I, but I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Man? It was so just, weird. Yeah, it was too. But much. But that woman. I don't, I don't know. She was like his advocate in the beginning, which was fine. I guess, you know, if she really believed he was innocent, I can understand someone who maybe knew him personally and, you know, whether it was work, I don't remember how she knew him, but they, they were, they knew each other in Seattle. Right. And I, I think can, they were canvassing together. Is that? Oh is yeah. That when was? he was working for the for governor or something. Yeah. yeah. I can understand wanting to advocate for someone if you think they're innocent but at what point she was in that courtroom the whole time yeah she heard all the testimony she saw all the evidence and she still she was still backing him up went to the prison she conceived a child with him oh fuck man and i and then but what was funny is that eventually as I think as it became clear he was not getting out and he was not getting out of the death penalty, she backed off and she stopped coming and they got a divorce. And, yeah, you know, I don't I wonder, know. And this is something she, that my I'm sorry, I know you, you want to finish. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know if she came to her senses or if she just realized this isn't going to end well. <laughs> yeah. And, and what I was thinking in full dramatic, dramatic thinking I'm like, what if Ted Bundy actually confessed to her? 
of the oh. shit that he did. Can you imagine? Like she's falling through, and this is obviously conjecture. I don't, yeah. I don't fucking know what happened yeah. in there. But can you imagine what she would have thought or how she would have felt yeah. if she didn't know before? Yeah. But then he comes out and said it. I did this. Yeah, I did all and that not stuff. only did I do that, I also fucked him after they were dead. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And then she has like a baby with him. <laughs> yeah, you're she's just like, like, I made a huge mistake. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like George Michael, George Bluth style. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I, I don't, that could have happened, but yeah, I don't know. Because that, that they really would don't be, offer an explanation. They don't give you an explanation as to why she stopped coming. And right. that's what the question that really intrigued me. Right. Why? All of a sudden, she was there with him night and day, mm-hmm. right by his side, and then what happened? Yeah, what changed? He must have confessed to her. Maybe. That's my belief. Either that or she came to her senses and was like, oh, maybe he really fucking did this. Yeah. Well, the child was like fucking five years old, right? By the time he was killed? Yeah. The kid was getting older, and I think she realized, I can't raise this kid around this fucking psychopath. Maybe. Maybe that's that was another thing. She could have come to her senses yeah. and just wanted to remove the child from that that picture so i look i looked it up later and i think they they said that the the lady and the kid they changed their names yeah so they're, they're they can't be found that's just good i mean yeah absolutely they'd be so fucked if they people knew who they were <laughs> there's speculation but nobody really knows yeah i would leave them alone honestly yeah. like leave that poor kid alone yeah. well that poor kid is my age now yeah like jesus christ yeah can you imagine like i wonder if if like if the mom dies if she takes that to her death i wonder if she told her yeah oh god i wouldn't want to know that <laughs> oh fuck Don't can you tell imagine her that. being ted bundy's daughter oh god daughter because it was a daughter it wasn't even a boy yeah it was a girl you think my dad did all of this shit mm-hmm, to women to that is that is ripe that woman right better, for a story that to be That woman told. had better taken that to her grave if she's yeah. dead. Yeah. Well, she was batshit crazy, too. I, I'm oh. sorry. I legit think that she she had some serious mental mm-hmm. mental impairments. Either a mental lapse or like temporary. I don't know. I have no clue. It's weird, but man. We, we've gone into this really dark and scary rabbit hole. But yeah. even though it was super scary and somewhat not pleasant... I think that I'm going to give it a, a tink. Yeah, it was a really think? well done documentary. It was tink. There we go. It was it was good. And if you're, I wouldn't maybe watch it at night or alone. Don't watch it with your kids? Don't know. No kids. <laughs> Zero children. Um, and maybe don't watch it before bed because yeah. my grown ass husband had trouble going to sleep. And yeah. it's because it's scary shit, man. Yeah. I'm weak sauce, though. I can't. No, I, I had trouble. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, lo- I love that. It was like, okay, time for bed. And you're like, okay, let's go to bed. I I'm just like, turned my brain off. Got no off. fucking feelings. Necrophilia, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right to sleep. <laughs> oh, that seems interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. And and I And I am pretty squeamish. I don't like violence. I don't like scary stuff. But I was able to to watch this and not feel like I was going to lose my mind. I wasn't going to have a panic yeah. attack or anything. It was very engrossing. Yeah, you found that it it just kept yeah kept pulling you along. But again, one of the fascinating things, and this has nothing to do with the documentary, because they're just serving a purpose mm-hmm. of getting this content for people who want it. Coming back to the investigative murder porn, oh. porn thing, it's it's all the rage. There's thousands of podcasts out there now that are exploring the same five crimes yeah. because 
people can't get enough of it. Right. But why don't you focus on the victims? Why don't you focus yeah. on that? And that's a general commentary on society as a as a whole. Mm-hmm. Same with mass shootings. Yeah. Hype up the killers, but right. never, never the... Uh, I think they're mm- trying now yeah. to focus more on the victims um, because of that, because... And because it perpetuates a cycle if they don't, of yeah. focusing on the killers. Yeah, you start inspiring future yeah. outcasts who feel like that's the only way to and, you know, make an impression on the world. I don't watch a lot of cable news anymore, but um, the 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 clips I do see, and I, you know, when you listen to NPR, mostly it's just like you know similar things, but not on TV, and. They really do, you know, they read, when the, when the, when the victim's information is available, mm-hmm. they read the names. Right. They, you know, they, they, I can tell that media is making a more conscious effort. Right. To focus on the victims. And in this documentary in particular, I felt they did a pretty good job of, of talking about the victim, victims. They interviewed victims. They showed interviews of victims' families. Yeah, you know, to their credit, they they gave them a lot more screen time than than what a, another documentary normally would have. Yeah, your run of the mill documentary would have just been what's going on inside his dark mind. Right? Why does he feel this way? Was he beaten as a child? Yeah. Or going fully into mm-hmm. into the serial killer's um, motivations and and his background, whereas they they did. I got to give them credit; they did do a good job of yeah. putting them more front and center. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's fucking Ted Bundy. You can't get away from him. Mm-hmm. That was. It did the make thing. it scarier though, having the victims so front and center, just because. Yeah. You know, it could have been me. Yeah, you know? especially that lady in Utah, who got away. Yeah. She oh was my like, God. "What the fuck?" Yeah, she was the only one. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the only ones that he he wasn't able to. He, the only one that the that only one. got away. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. I'm so disgusted. I'm going to keep drinking until this mm-hmm. feeling goes away. I feel like I have well, diarrhea and I have fear just yeah, shooting down my spine. <laughs> <laughs> well, so watch the Ted Bundy documentary if you feel you have the stuff. Yeah, in closing, engrossing, disgusting, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Netflix. Yeah, well done. Please, I don't want Netflix to go under. I'm afraid that they- I'm afraid they're going to. I give it five years. I'm afraid they're digging a hole they can't get out of. Yeah. If you guys hadn't heard recently, we discovered that Netflix is under a fuckload of debt. I mean, they owe, was it billions of dollars? Billions. billions of dollars because of all of the content that they have to manufacture to compete with Disney. Not who, only that they have to manufacture, but that they have to license. Right. They're licensing and they're producing, which mm-hmm. is which is, And they're not ways. making enough money. They're not charging enough. Yeah. So anyway, I'm a, I'm worried that in five years, Netflix is not going to be around because I don't know Amazon will have killed it or Disney yeah, will have killed it or that's the reality it. is Amazon has an arsenal of of backing from Jeff even if his wife takes fifty percent mm-hmm. which good for her and as many joked on the internet take Seattle with you because they really would does benefit from Seattle it too. yeah does she get Seattle in the in the divorce. Uh, <laughs> I think it's it's really tough to compete with these conglomerates, and in particular Disney now. They bought Fox, or I think they're in the process of buying Fox. So they're going to have all of those mm-hmm. properties going into their streaming service or whatever the hell they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So Disney 
Plus, Disney, what's it I called? don't know what the hell it is. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I haven't read very much about it, but in five years, it's either make or break time for Netflix. Yeah, they're going to have to up their prices to like $300 a month. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to be able to afford Netflix. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I love Ted Bundy as much as anyone, but come on, guys. There's going to be like 20 people on an account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. Like House of Cards. <laughs> eh, for 300 bucks, it's, yeah, it's kind of worth good. it. So, moving on to our next topic, which is not any more any more sunny than the one we just discussed. So, I had I had this reaction the other day. I'm trying to think if it was was it Kevin Spacey? Oh, yeah, cuz we were wanting to watch a movie, right? Yeah. Didn't we want to watch something that was really awesome that we really loved? Yeah, and it had Kevin Spacey in it. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, and we went, "Oh, what the fuck?" Yeah, and I was just like, "Why is everything terrible and ruined?" <laughs> By these horrible men. Like, I have loved Kevin Spacey since I was 15 years old. Ever since I saw American Beauty. Yeah. I have loved him. Because he's outstanding. He's, he's he was, a great he's actor. He's outstanding. And I was so devastated yeah. when I heard about that he's a sexual predator yeah. of young boys. Like, it broke me. I was just like, is nothing sacred in this world? No. No, the priest will tell you nothing is. <laughs> no, not even the church. <laughs> and then the poor, like fucking, uh, the new pope is just sitting there. Okay, guys, we got to outline a plan. <laughs> he was coming up with with like a, a list of things to do. Oh my god! And and I bet you, I mean, I genuinely believe that he's a he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Like he came from a different a different yeah. place. I guess you would liken him to to somebody who rose from rags to riches mm-hmm. all the way up this this. Uh, <laughs> this golden escalator. Right. He was a bouncer, for fuck's sake. I just feel like he comes in and he's up to his neck and shit, mm-hmm. uh, priest uh, abuse shit. Mm-hmm. And what's he supposed to do? He's like, I just. Can we just shovel the shit? Just outline just a, a plan. Bit. And yeah. I was reading that there was there were protests outside and the actual victims from mm-hmm. all over the world were yeah. outside of the summit because they were like, just fucking lock them up. Yeah. Lock up all of them. Yeah. Well, and you know what's fucked up? The Vatican has its own judicial system. Yeah, because they it's have its own no, country. They have no they oversight. Have no, There's yeah. zero oversight. There's no accountability. The Pope is their oversight. Yeah. God is their oversight. Yeah. And that, that's worked out really that's well. So. So, yeah, it's worked out great. Sorry, guys. Can you hear the bubbly here? Ooh. More, please. Thank you, Eric Wareheim and company. They've been yeah. doing a really good job. Las Haras wine is very oh. good. Oh, the bubbles. Shit. It's okay. Sorry, we got a little bit. I got a. I got ahead of myself. So, and I've had this. I've had this reaction before. You know, you you go to either watch a movie like House of Cards. I don't know. We we haven't really watched House of Cards. Watch the much, first season, and that was you about know, you it. just you have this reaction like you can't. Kevin Spacey in particular, his crimes are, his alleged crimes are so egregious that there's no coming back from that. And there's no way that I can ever watch any of those movies again and feel the same way about them. Do you know how many great movies that piece of shit is in? That is so heartbreaking. The usual suspects. And those poor, those poor people that he assaulted. I mean, it's, that's awful. I was just kind of going through the list of people that. that <laughs> it's like everyone we used to that love have dearly. ruined everything. Yeah. And so Kevin Spacey is a big one for me personally. Well, big one for me as well yeah. because we yeah. James Woods. 
James Woods, who was hitting on everything under the sun. Anyone under 18. Yeah. The only movie of his I can still watch is Hercules because you don't see him. It's yeah. just his voice. Yeah, he's in a he's, handful of good movies, he's too. He's a piece of shit. And I don't really think he's had to deal with any kind of reckoning. I really don't think No, that. because I, I think he they, they see him as, as the sole Republican in Hollywood. And mm. so he sort of gets that Oh, that's true. Where, I didn't think about that. Yeah. He has some kind of backing. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, Louis C.K., who... That was fucked up. So we watched Louis C.K. religiously for like years. Yeah. We watched those same two or three specials. Pretty much when we first started over and over religiously again. looking into stand-up comedy. Yeah. Because I think at this point we're, we're pretty much into some intense mm-hmm. stand-up comedy. And he was the beginning of that. We loved his yeah. style, his presentation, the mm-hmm. way that he built jokes. Yeah. And granted, it brings back the question of, of the spectrum of... of, mm-hmm. of of like sin, the, yeah, the spectrum I mean, of it, assault. I don't know. You know, and, and I've never been in that situation. I I don't really know the reality of somebody mm-hmm. who's who's been in that situation. It, I'm sure it's traumatizing as hell mm-hmm. to be in the middle of that for a victim. But there, I I still feel that there are varying degrees of severity. Whereas mm-hmm. now they they kind of get lumped in there, and it's okay to have a a good discussion about what the hell this all means. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that what he did is, is okay because no. he's still a piece of shit. Yeah. And that there's those no women, respect or decency in what he did. And that those women, they suffered and they, and they still suffer and they still suffer. Yeah. And I'm sure every time they see him in public or up on stage, it just brings back those memories and yeah. like having to, you know, having to see him like try to make a comeback yeah. has to be painful that what they experience doesn't seem to make a difference yeah. in the general rhetoric. Yeah. And what, wasn't it Jen Kirkman? It's, who, it was a lot of who, women, like, uh, like an, in Kirk- the comedian community. Yeah. 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 Who, Jen Kirkman was one of the main ones that has spoken out about, mm-hmm. about it. The, I guess the impression that I got was that she was being blackballed by a lot mm-hmm. of different yeah. venues because Louie at that point was at the height of his powers yeah. and, and they really wanted to make her disappear. Yeah. But I haven't seen any of her shows. I don't know if, if she's actually her, talented. I've or, heard her on podcasts. Like, she's funny. I haven't seen her stand-up or anything. But Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Louis C.K. is one of those where I feel really conflicted because what I want to know is how much punishment is enough? At what point do we say, okay, this man has been shamed to a point where we feel he can come back into the general sphere and right. begin working again. Yeah. Is there a point? Is there right ever now, some? In, is there ever a place where we said, okay, he's been punished enough? Because that's how our judicial system works. You do you the do crime, time. you go to jail, you do your time, and then you come out and you can live your life again. Right. But I think in this day and age, everyone, in, in particular online, which is what rules our society, mm-hmm. what rules our, our communities and the way that we feel about certain strong issues, mm-hmm. they really hold on to things. And they're mm-hmm. very vigilant about who should be punished and who should be let go. Mm-hmm. This is kind of off topic, but the guy from Empire who faked his... Yeah, Jesse Smollett. Yeah, that is fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up too. And they're not going to let him live it down. No. No matter what the community is, he's done so much damage yeah. that he will be remembered forever as the piece of shit mm-hmm. who ruined... Or who made racial tensions worse in this country right now. And, tra- and like, LGBTQ, like, 
Yeah, I mean it's a mess. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big mess. old mess. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not going to pretend to understand the dynamics of of those communities and how they play a part in this conflict, but I know that that dude knows he fucked up, that he was so desperate for fame. I hope he knows. <laughs> he seemed pretty like he lied on national television. He cried into a camera because he's an actor. Clearly. Actors, actors like attention. Some yeah, actors well, just not really all want to actors stay. are going to go to that length for it. <laughs> he just, I, I don't know. I guess maybe from the perspective of of somebody who was in the arts before, I, I think that he was just so desperate for for attention that he did something incredibly, incredibly stupid. <laughs> and there's no turning back from that. That is so bad. What he did, it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I spilled my my bubbly. <laughs> oh God! Um, but let's some, let's go back other, to this. I'm sorry. It's okay. So Louis C.K. I I'm conflicted about and. Mm-hmm. But I get what you're saying he, about I think, looking at. So for instance, with Kevin Spacey, that motherfucker's going to prison. As well, he should. He better go to prison. That guy is a piece of shit. James Woods, yeah, he's a piece of shit. He should probably be locked up. He was preying on young girls. He should not get a job. No. He should be outcast. Louis C.K., he masturbated in front of these women against their will. That's a shitty fucking thing to do. Yeah. It's assault. I think. I don't know. Maybe not by the law it's assault. But if I'm afraid. I'm sh- okay, listen. Maybe it's not assault. Listen, I would help you clarify this, but I'm afraid... To Google no. masturbating in front of girls because because I'm a brown Google man. Google knows me. I got the Google Pixel. They will know exactly what I'm up to. So I'm really, list. yeah. yeah they're like that. that motherfucker. So Give him five years. He's gonna go. So to I don't know if it's assault, but it's definitely a shitty thing to do to somebody. Right. And of course it's wrong, and he shouldn't have done it. But at the same time, did he rape somebody? Did he? You know, like it, there's and a spectrum because, of things, and I don't, yeah. and I don't ever want to sound like I'm invalidating what those women experienced. But well, at the you, same time, does he deserve to never work ever again? I think you have to be able to talk about it, and that's the thing is, is currently there's no way to have a discussion mm-hmm. on some of these issues that are incredibly complicated, mm-hmm. that are very difficult for people to to have a conversation on. So why can't we? Just to ask these questions. Mm -hmm. People have made up their mind. Sure. And that's the problem is I'm not advocating for Louis. I'm not advocating Mm -hmm. for any of these pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the policies of 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 banishing somebody (laughs) you know from from the world, from the community, or give them an opportunity to 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 do better, learn Mm -hmm. from their mistakes. Mm -hmm. We're not letting people learn from their mistakes. Mm And again, I'm removed from these kinds of situations. I'm not an expert on this, mm-hmm. but it just strikes me as something that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. And there's some other people on this list. R. Kelly. Oh, fuck that guy. I'm not, that guy is the worst. Yeah, he's going. he better go to prison. I'm going to be so mad if he weasels his way out of this one no, like he did the last time. He's going to jail he for He got acquitted last time <laughs> in whatever, 2008 I just, I don't see any any judge... Letting him go. Maybe. With the way that things are now I and the, so. the type of evidence that is being piled, the way that social media is trending right now. That's true. I guess we do. And that plays it. a huge part it's in it. It's been 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a very different time. That's yeah. true. 
Bill Cosby. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. He should I saw been. him in my dreams and I hated it. He's fucking 80 years old. He's just now coming to being brought to justice for this. Yeah. He's lived his whole fucking life. Just he earned wreaking every, havoc. He earned every dollar he's ever going to earn. Yeah. You know, if he like, died tomorrow, he would point? still be a happy man. Yeah. That's the, that's the you shitty You know what he thing. said? He said, I like prison. It's a pretty <laughs> cool place. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> and he's like, like... He's such a fucking sociopath. He's entertaining the inmates. Yeah. He's like, doing impressions for God, them. He's such Fuck an asshole. Fuck that guy. And he knows. He knows that he got away with it. He did get away with it. Yeah, he knows. Oh, God, he's such an ass. Harvey Weinstein, fuck that guy. Yeah, let's not even talk about that guy. Yeah. He's It's too he much better, to unpack. He better go to prison. But there's an interesting tie-in to this, and in particular to the Ted Bundy thing. And the man, coming back to it for just a moment, the man had serious mental issues. The yeah. man was, was defective from yeah. the moment he started integrating into his communities. But there was an essence about white male privilege that I got through the whole documentary mm. that was really, it was interesting to think about because of the way that he maneuvered through certain certain groups mm-hmm. to get away with the things that he did. And I feel that there's a there was a running through line between all of these guys, all these pieces of shit where they get to a, a position of power, even somebody like Bill Cosby, and this is a whole other conversation, but... To be somebody who is in that position of power, it doesn't matter what your color is. You have a a, a little bit extra that you can get away with, mm-hmm. or at least you get that in your mind. Mm-hmm. I would imagine when you're famous, you feel that you're invincible, that you're on top of when the world. When you're Bill Cosby level, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone would recognize him on the street. I think I'm going to start slurring things. I'm starting to... <laughs> Folks, we're <laughs> a cup and a half in. I'm such a lightweight. Champagne. I'm such a lightweight. Good Lord. Well, I was trying to talk Maddie into getting the NPR Wine Club subscription, and I'm having a really hard time doing that. So if you folks have any suggestions to talk your wife into signing up for a wine club, please let me know. <laughs> I'm very much interested. I'm in not getting... against it. I just we're already in one. Yeah, but we're going to see through the Las Jaras wine, which ties into the sponsors that we want. Yeah. I think I think Las Jaras wine should be a sponsor that we wish we had, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tink to that because they are outstanding, folks. Oh. Not just because of the sweet berry berry wine and the affiliation with the the Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job, but they're doing really good work. And I'm not a, a wine connoisseur just yet. I'm hoping Don will help me become and transcend wine knowledge. But it would be really nice if we signed up for a. A wine club. Okay. Another one. Well, once this is done, I think we're gonna we're gonna see this through. Because we're on a budget, guys. We have to remember that it's really important to, to keep a budget. If you're paying student loans, it's essential that you hold on to your budget. Mm-hmm. Much like Sam Jackson held on to his butt in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm going on a tangent here. Just stop me when you're ready. Anyway, the, <laughs> so I don't want to talk about those pieces of shit anymore. But the, the yeah. point of the story is there's a lot of things that are ruined for me now. Yeah. A lot of good movies, some stand-up. Oh, I was going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So Mindy Kaling. Of, is she accused of, of? No, no, no. Okay, good. Mindy Kaling of Office fame <laughs> posted a picture that she had gone to Aziz Ansari's new show. Mm. He's touring right now. 
with his new stand-up special. She posted pictures, and obviously she was immediately inundated with people slandering her for going to his show because Why of his you, yeah because of his me too incident which was essentially in my opinion personally a bad date it was it sounded like a misunderstanding i read the article yeah. and it felt like it sounded like a miscommunication <sighs> to me which happens right i don't know what happened i wasn't there whatever so she has been defending him defending her her choice to go to the show and support yeah. her friend yeah and, you know, I think that Aziz's situation in particular is evidence of what happens when the internet goes rogue it and just, yeah. just engulfs somebody over unsubstantiated yeah. and <laughs> claims. This is something that, that you're touching on, which is, I think, is really interesting to me. And that is... The inability for an emotional interaction that's very small, very intimate, like a misunderstanding about a sexual encounter mm -hmm. being blown up to such a large scale. Honestly. Where so many people yeah. are involved. I mean, it's such a public thing that the way it escalates, the way it scales just doesn't work. No. That was something that we will never know exactly what happened. We just right. got her perspective on it. Right. And granted... I don't know what happened because I wasn't there. And we have to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. We have to acknowledge that we weren't in the room. And clearly, she had a bad experience. Yeah, which... That happens. That happens a lot. You know, and, and I believe that what she experienced was bad. And mm -hmm. that she didn't feel that he was uh, listening Generally, or receptive. Or he was or, forcing himself yeah, onto her. Whatever, whatever the situation was, I'm sure that she is not lying necessarily. Yeah. And I remember reading something that, and I'm going to ask you this because I've never really asked you how, what you felt about this, mm -hmm. but how do you feel about the, the notion or the idea that women need to stand up for themselves more in those situations? To be stern, to be more firm. Is yeah. that something that happened? I can't remember if that happened in the actual, mm -hmm. in that encounter because it was her perspective. Mm -hmm. But is there, is there a sense of victimhood happening here? Or, or do you think that women are, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I just feel like there's something going on there where possibly women could be defending themselves a little bit more or standing up for themselves a little bit more. Is that, is that such a thing? Is there such a thing as that? I, think, I just want to be educated on this. I think, um, I, I do think that there is this general idea in, in our culture that it's a woman's job to be vigilant. Mm -hmm. she it's a two way street. She yeah. has to carry her keys between her fingers when she walks to her car because there could be somebody in the parking garage. Mm -hmm. She has to not put her earbuds in when she goes on a walk mm -hmm. because there could be something, someone sneaking, sneaking up behind her. Mm -hmm. It's the, 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 the onus is on the woman uh -huh. to be vigilant. Yeah. There's nothing in that, in that rhetoric about a man not raping someone. And that's issue number so, one for sure. That so, is in, in the, so I just want to make it clear. No, I, I just want to make it clear. That is the larger issue. But we're just getting specific. Right. So guys but, need to learn not to be fucking dicks and not course. to be a piece of shit. But I would say yeah. that in an intimate encounter with someone, from my experience, 
it's not always easy for a woman to be assertive about what's happening. This isn't the case for all women. Some women mm-hmm. have no trouble saying, stop, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to do this. Or, yeah. you know, mid-act, this isn't working for me. Or I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But I would say, and this is me personally as well, it's not always that easy. It's yeah. not, you know, yeah. in, in, I think there's a there's a cultural expectation of a woman to to go along. Mm-hmm. Or to be accommodating, to yeah. smile, to be kind, yeah. to not want to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, and it comes back to to a fundamental problem with with our society, which is that men get to do whatever the fuck they want. Right. And really, that that is at the core of the issue. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, and yeah. and I think that in a sexual situation, a woman. You know, and we're not taught this explicitly, I don't think. Mm. But I do think we learn it as we go through, you know, adolescence and and young adulthood. There's this fear. Mm-hmm. There's a fear. It's fear of belittling a man or upsetting a man mm. or hurting a man's feelings. Because in that situation... Think about this. You're by yourself Mm -hmm. with this person in a very vulnerable position. And you don't know how that man's going to react if you tell him no. If you say, I don't like that, or I don't want to do this anymore, or I want to go home. You don't know how he's going to react. And chances are he's bigger and stronger than you are. And And you're alone in his apartment. And they may not be as, as kind yeah, or, you don't know that you person. You know, they're just a fucking bag of testosterone just right. waiting to go to town. You don't know yeah. who that person is. You know, and in some cases, if you've just met this person, you don't know who that person yeah. could turn into. And so I do think there's a level of placation going on. Mm-hmm. You know, if I just let him do this one thing, maybe I can get out of here with my dignity intact. God, that's so fucking scary. It's scary. That's, that's really. And, yeah. you know, again, I don't know what happened in that apartment. I don't know what the situation is. I don't know Aziz or that woman personally. But I can understand allowing an act to occur that you don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Again, it's a, it's so muddy and so hard to, to, yeah. to say because coming back to it, these are conversations that were had between two people. Yeah. But they... But honestly... Those conversations were not had. <laughs> yeah, that's because true. Or lack thereof. There was no. There was very little say. communication because they just met, according to the story. Yeah, and they I'm, didn't know each other. <laughs> I'm so out of the loop on dating culture. Like, I feel that Caddy G is going to have to come back and, and talk yeah, to us man. about some of that because I don't. Uh, I, I <laughs> and this might be too much information, but I've never had any kind of sexual relationship with someone I don't know. So I can't even, I can't even fathom that. Yeah. I can't even fathom having that interaction with somebody that you don't know. Right. Right. It's a different world. It's a different different world. world. So the rules are changing. That's why we're going to have our, our uh, commentator of the future, Caddy G, come back (laughs) and talk to us. So if you're listening there, if you're listening, man. Yeah. You're coming back. You're coming back. (laughs) I think that's about all we had. Or did you want to talk about anything else? We need to talk about something positive. Can we talk about Balto for a minute? 
Balto? Yeah, okay, so... Yeah, man. We were... <laughs> we watched Balto today. We watched Balto today, and somehow we talked our son into it, who completely hates old movies. He okay. doesn't hate them, but he just wants to watch the same episode. They're not his of, first choice. They're not his first choice. Yeah, right. so we're watching Balto, and I just get the feeling that this movie is so timeless. This movie is so essential, and it resonates with me so much that... Here he is, a half-breed in a way, like mm. trying to navigate this world of of people who don't like him because for, he looks different. For those of you who don't know Balto, it's about a half-wolf, half-dog who saved the city of Nome, Alaska in 1925 from a diphtheria outbreak because he went through the fucking wilderness, he got the medicine, and he brought it back so that the children didn't die of diphtheria. Yeah, so it was it was a fascinating, fascinating rewatch because I hadn't seen that movie in a very long time, and I got the sense of euphoria knowing that that there was a, a representation of somebody who, in a way, was kind of kind of living in a world that's complicated, analogous to a, a, a multicultural experience. Mm-hmm. That's what I see whenever I see that fucking movie, and it's mm-hmm. just a kids' movie. Yeah. But when he was he was seeing the wolf spirit. Yeah. Right near the end, and he's like, no dog can do this trip on his own, but maybe a wolf can. And I was like, what the fuck? I was making <laughs> I was making soup for my son because he was sick, and I started bawling. I just started like a little tear just kind of <laughs> rolled down my cheek because I was so overwhelmed by by the idea that I was able to connect with with this fictional dog wolf. So I just I wanted movie. to I wanted to share that because not only is it a really good movie, even though everyone had a fucking New York accent, I don't know what what the deal that's, is with it. I wonder if that's historically accurate. I wonder if a lot of New Yorkers Let's moved see. to Alaska in 1925 for like fucking oil money. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it's possible, but why would you go to fucking Nome, Alaska, where there's nothing for the money? <laughs> You Babe, saw but, you saw Rosie's dad's pocketbook why, when he paid for that sled. Yeah, he but, was he was rolling yeah, in the Benjamin. Yeah, but why didn't they go to Na 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 or that other town <laughs> with where, the train? With the train, I don't know. Maybe there was more oil. To Menomina. Menomina is the is the town. Menomina. <laughs> no, that's where Kermit. Lives. I don't know. I don't know why people were in fucking Nome, Alaska, in the middle of nowhere. What, uh, okay, so how would I search this on Google? Siri, why did people go to Siri. Nome? i have the iphone okay google okay google why did people live in alaska in nome alaska (laughs) why would you live in alaska according to great american pension you get paid to live there what today not then not not right now god damn it they pay you because no one wants to live there okay okay stop stop she's she's still talking (laughs) okay google stop can we talk about bernie okay yeah let's talk about bernie i'm sorry i keep getting on these side tangents it was essential it was essential Uh, maybe i'll get back to you guys next week on why i think balto is such a great statement for multiculturalism but we'll we'll get there we'll get there eventually uh bernie sanders is running for office once again can i say fuck yeah fuck yeah Okay, we're not getting like a like a call and response, but maybe I can add that in later. There's a lot of discord right now as to how packed 
the political arena is for the Democratic nomination. And there's, we're only in February yeah, it's, 2019, and there's always like there's already like 10 of them. Yeah, everyone's got their favorites. But it, guys, it's okay to laugh about this shit. It's okay to to look at it with an open mind and see what's going to happen. And I'm I'm living in Wyoming. I feel that I'm a little detached from my my liberal brethren in all of the other states who who seem to be very anti Bernie. Like he's had his time. Really? Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of uh responses on Facebook and commentary on how it's sort of his time to step aside. I don't understand. Sorry, I burped. I don't understand why this is happening. I think there's several reasons for it. Okay, so let's let's talk about him real quick. I think one is his age. People okay. are concerned that he's 77 years old or however old. He's almost 80. Do you think that that some folks are still are still upset that that or are under the impression that he cost Hillary the primary election? Sure. Cuz I think that's the main sticking point. The thing that really that really upsets some people who are 100% pro Hillary. I don't know, man. I The Democratic Party has a big problem. It has a very big problem. There's a lot of people who don't think the Democratic Party is progressive enough, Mm -hmm. me included, and would not support a centrist candidate. I will not support a centrist candidate. I won't. I won't do it. Unless that my hand is forced, which it was in the 2016 election. Yeah. And to be fair, I voted for Hillary. Because I I knew that that was the right thing to do. I knew, like, the moment Bernie lost the nomination, I said, you know what? I'm going to go with Hillary. But that was the right thing to do in your mind. In my mind, Except there was a bunch of other people who also supported Bernie who went, well, guess I'm voting for Trump. Because they they couldn't stomach voting for Hillary the same way we couldn't stomach voting for Trump. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. So... I think the Democratic Party is going the same direction as they were in 2016. And if we nominate a centrist candidate, we will lose. Oh, yeah. We will lose. Without a doubt. And not to be a negative Nancy or anything, but I'm of the opinion that this piece of shit, Orange Julius, is going to be in office for another four years. Unless we get behind somebody like Bernie. If the Democratic Party doesn't pull their head out of the ass, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. We've talked about this plenty often that if something like this is to happen, it'll be on us because yeah. we got to get our shit together. We got to get people out there. We got to get on the same page. And we have to understand that it's okay to fight for what we really be- believe in. Yeah. We can have more than we think we deserve. Mm-hmm. I think Bernie's the answer, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think um, for me, Politicians have never really struck any kind of an, like authentic chord with me. Mm-hmm. Um, rarely do they. Um, I even sometimes have trouble with Elizabeth Warren, who I agree with on many things. Yeah. Um, but authenticity is something that is not easy to fake. Right. And you can watch videos of Bernie 30 years ago. What did I just show you You three hours ago? You just showed me a video of Bernie talking to a class of children 
32 years ago about climate change. He was advocating for us, for the working class people, from the moment that he started getting into politics. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy, you know, he's not perfect. No, no. You're not going to get a perfect, like, like fucking messiah to come and clean up everything. You're going to get Bernie fucking Sanders. That's as close as it's going to get. Yeah. If you're on the uh, the same ideological spectrum that we and, are. And it's, you know, climate change, you know, we have a child. In 30 years, yeah. our children are fucked. Pretty much. I mean, if, it's... If we don't change something, it's, we're fucked. Already. Already. If if nothing is put in place, we will be, we'll, we, we will be done for. And I think a, a big reason that Bernie is so popular is his commitment to campaign finance finance law reform which um, i think is essential he now. and i think i think one of the most incredible things about his his movement his campaign is that he is entirely funded by people like you and me right $27 campaign donations yeah from he's, normal fucking people he's raised 6 million Six to eight million in in twenty four hours, or at least when he announced his his candidacy, mm-hmm. he went right back up to the top. Yeah. I think the next one down was like Cory Booker or Kamala Harris. Yeah. That was about it. Yeah. Which I don't know how I feel about, but I'm going to have to look into their their uh, policies to see what they're interested in implementing. But for me, Bernie Sanders seems to be the only one who is truly advocating for the working class person, mm-hmm. and that's the distinction that we have to make. Mm-hmm. People who are fucking suffering left and right. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to look at that guy and he's going to. They're going to say he's trying. Yeah. He's trying for the for the, you know, to. <sighs> Sorry. You have to edit out a lot of burps. I'm going to have to edit out a lot of burps, but he's advocating for the little person to use yeah. a, a very, very worn out phrase. Yeah. He's all about the little person. He, he is so for the little person that he should have one of those little guys like in Oh, oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's the only way that he's going to be able to get his point across. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. <laughs> you guys haven't seen Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Just check it out. What the hell are you waiting for? Homer Stokes. God damn it. Homer Stokes. He's uh, navigating uh, <laughs> the little guy. <laughs> he's involved in a certain society. I don't believe I need to mention its name here. <laughs> like, okay. like, like, guys out on the <laughs> Okay, so we've been going for over an hour just on this second segment. So I think it's time to call it quits, We're guys. We're Bernie Sanders. This is the We're third on, segment. This is the third segment? Babe, we've been recording for an hour and a half. Because we're drinking. Because we're drinking and we're feeling loosey-goosey. <laughs> I asked my son if we could name... If we could name something Lucy Goosey, do you remember what that was? No. It wasn't in the room. Oh, his tooth. <laughs> his tooth was loose, and I was like, hey, hey, buddy, can we name your your um, your um tooth Lucy Goosey? And he's like, no. <laughs> Just flat out fucking no. I got denied so bad. And this happens pretty uh, regularly. I think I three out of five times a, uh, in, in the week, I just get completely fucking bitch slapped by my son i don't know what it is i think it's just the uh he's my child he's the maddie um he's definitely the son of his mother yeah Yeah. he doesn't put up with riffraff he's put up with nonsense yeah 
Sorry. Well, he's got to he's got to put up with his old man. Now. So it's, can I call myself the old man now? No. Not yet. No. Or is that something that's not allowed in this household? It's not allowed. Okay, that sounds good. But I think that we've been having a lot of fun, and and mostly it's because of this this bubbly right here. I was going to say because of this podcast. Yeah, I well, I'm I'm actually really really happy and committed to to this cause of of creating this kind of content for you guys. So before we we go, if that's okay with you, babe, I feel that that I just want to say thank you if you guys are out there listening, even if it's just for five minutes, thirty seconds, whatever it is. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. And of course, if if you're some of the people that we know, like some of our friends out there who are doing us the great favor of listening, thank you so much. Yeah. Because when you're a working class person, when you're out there trying to, you know, to hustle and do what you have to do, it's really tough to have time to spare. Mm-hmm. So more than anything, we are so grateful to have you in our lives. And I'm repeating a pattern here that I used to repeat when I used to get drunk in college is... I used to get very grateful for my friends. <laughs> I'm sort of a, a grateful drunk. And it's a nice thing to be when you're drunk. Yeah, yeah. And people and, can be belligerent. They could be obnoxious. Yeah. You never hear grateful. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a drunk are you? I'm a grateful I'm a great, drunk. I'm a hashtag blessed oh, that's drunk. Sweet. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to start my own hashtag called hashtag drunk blessed. Drunk blessed. And... With that spirit in mind, I hope that you folks have a wonderful time. No matter what time of the week you're listening to this show, just go out and live your lives to the fullest. Be happy, be well, and we love you no matter what. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to sign off? Let's tink to Bernie Sanders. Let's tink to Bernie Sanders and our listeners. And our listeners. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.